Do you have an event coming up and you think, man, an F-cubed presentation would be perfect for this event? Companies, conferences, organizations, groups, whatever you guys got, man, fitness, finance, faith, maybe some blend of all the above, maybe motivation, maybe inspiration, whatever it is, if you think that I could bring some value to your group, to your people through F-cubed, man, I would love to be a part of that conversation. Reach out to me anytime, jschultzf3, social media across the board. You can email me, jschultzf3 at gmail, and I will be so humbled to even be considered for your group and your people. Jim Schultz here, FQ Podcast. It's a Friday. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I need to say any more. I think, uh, I think we could probably shut the, uh, shut the podcast down right there and everybody would leave pretty motivated, pretty inspired to attack the weekend with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind, I like to say. And by I like to say, I mean, I certainly got that from someone that's way, way smarter than me, but that, uh, that's a great quote. And so if you take nothing else away from this, uh, this segment, maybe you'll, you'll be able to follow that guy away for some time in the future. But I got a little faith-only podcast ready to go for you guys. And you know, this is something that's really been on my heart. It's really been on my mind lately. And you know, sometimes when I speak through the, you know, the F, or I'm sorry, when I speak through the faith, you know, F of the cube, you know, sometimes I'm speaking to, you know, mostly just Christians only because what I'm about to say may not be applicable if you're not a Christian, right? And I totally respect that, and I totally get that. Sometimes what I'm going to say, you know, is going to be more applicable to a non-Christian. And sometimes what I'm going to say is going to be applicable to, you know, everybody, regardless of their belief system. Well, today, I I think that this guy is actually going to be applicable to both parties. I hope, at least, for different reasons. But nevertheless, I really hope that Regardless of where you might stand in your own belief system, I'm hopeful that you can take something out of today's today's discussion. And it basically starts with this. When I when I survey the world, like if I just look around me and I just specifically think about the world in terms of, you know, religion or spirituality or belief systems, or really whatever whatever term you want to use there. When I think about that, and then I, I think about it through a Christian lens, there are probably mm, maybe, maybe a handful, maybe half a dozen of the most common, popular objections to the Christian faith, right? And they are, they're all extremely valid. And they're all, you know, extremely fair. You know, obviously I'm a Christian, so, you know, I, I take the other side of all of them. But but nevertheless, I respect the fact that a lot of times these are really, really good questions. You know, they're good, they're important, and they, they need solid answers. And so that being said, you know, as we press forward here, you know, through the rest of 2018 and into 2019 and 2020 and 2030 and 2040 and F-cubes, you know, the little F-cube dynasty that I'm building. Dynasty might be a bit grandiose, but we'll go with that. The little F-cube dynasty that I'm building. 
I want to address all those questions, you know, at least the way I see them. You know, I'm not so naive to believe that I have all the answers or that, you know, that I'm going to give you the one answer you were looking for. But, you know, maybe I just motivate you or, or, you know, inspire you to think about things in a different way. And then you're able to kind of find the answer, you know, elsewhere. But some of those questions, like, for example, like a great question that I hear a lot of the time is, hey, you can't, I mean, is the Bible really true? Is the Bible, like, really, really trustworthy? That's a great question. That, that's a, that, And that's an extremely important question. And obviously, you know, my answer to that question is yes. But thankfully, for me at least, that is not the, that is not the subject matter for today's episode. Because that's a very, very difficult question to answer. And I need to spend some time thinking through my answer to that question in more detail before I offer up those thoughts to you guys. That's not something I want to shoot from the hip in regards to. Another great question. Hey, is is Jesus really God? Like, is he really the guy? Another fantastic question. Another fantastic question that clearly my answer to that question is yes. But again, thankfully, not not the topic that we're going to cover today. The question that I want to talk about today, or the kind of the issue, I guess, that a lot of people have with Christianity, again, very fair, is, hey, you know, Christians believe that they have the way. Christians believe that they have the answer. That's going to lead to a lot of self-righteousness. That's going to lead to a lot of they're feeling like they're better than everyone else. That's going to fe- that's going to lead to a lot of divisiveness in the world and a lot of injustice just from this kind of superiority complex that naturally comes along with almost any time when you feel like hey, I I've got the answer. I've got the answer and you don't have the answer. Right? I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you know, Believing that you have the answer and no one else has the answer is clearly going to kind of foster or promote or at least could promote feelings of superiority, of course. I mean, that's, that, that's, our, that's our sinful nature. That's very, you know, that's a very, very real consequence or implication of feeling that way. I mean, to me, I kind of think about like, um, here's a great example. Like if you guys have seen the movie 21. Right, you see that movie Twenty One, where it's a movie about gambling and blackjack and counting cards and all that kind of stuff. Well, like midway through the movie, like kind of near where the action really starts to pick up and their little system really starts to, you know, work out extremely well. You know, these are a bunch of college kids and they're walking around on campus and they have a really cool scene that's like set to music and the editing is great and they're all walking around and you know they've got this secret that nobody else knows. Right, they've got this little special thing where, yeah, they go to class throughout the week, but then on the weekends they all fly out to Vegas and they make a bunch of money and blah blah blah. Right? Well, that that's kind of a great example of kind of feeling that you know, hey, we've got something that you guys don't have, therefore we are superior to you, therefore we are better than you, therefore whatever. And they didn't necessarily feel that way in the movie, but uh, that scene kind of conjures up you know those type of feelings. Well, I'm gonna offer up at least two reasons and by at least I mean exactly two reasons why I don't see Christianity, true Christianity leading to more divisiveness 
leading to more injustice, leading to, you know, a superiority complex where, hey, I've got the answer and you don't have the answer. Therefore, I'm better and you're worse. And not surprisingly, both of these answers can be found from the man himself, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, he... I mean, he is the the whole central nature of the Christian faith, and that's a separate podcast altogether. But you know, so whenever I, whenever I'm trying to figure out, you know, here's a here's a good little here's a good little piece of advice, at least in my experience, for both Christians and non and non Christians. If you're a Christian and you're wrestling with something inside of the faith, and you're like, man, I'm really struggling with X, the first thing I would do is I would open up Scripture. And I would see, hey, did Jesus ha- ever have anything to say about X? If he did, then you've got yourself the answer. You literally don't need to look any further. You have found the answer, and now you can begin to apply it or interpret it or understand it or what have you. If you're not a Christian and you're trying to figure out the Christian faith, you're trying to say, hey, what do Christians believe, right? Don't. Don't take my word for it. Don't listen to what I have to say. Don't listen to what your friend has to say. Don't even listen to what your pastor has to say. In place of what Jesus himself had to say. And so I would encourage you, like, if you're brand new to, you know, faith and belief and whatever, and you're you're thinking, hey, I'd like to know a little bit more about Christianity, I would just encourage you to learn a little bit more about his life. You know, because he'll do a far better job of telling you about Christianity than anyone else could since he literally is Christianity. And so, but anyway, so I looked at Jesus. I looked at his life. I looked at what he had to say to try to address this issue. And here's the first example that I found that immediately popped into my mind when I knew I wanted to do some content around this idea. And it's this. Let's look at the end of Jesus's life. So let's look at literally the final days, the final hours, the final moments of his life. So you can do that, you know, if you guys are new to the faith again and, and you're kind of like, all right, yeah, this is kind of interesting. You know, you would you would learn about Jesus's life primarily in one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so when I wanted to figure out what I'm going to say to you guys here, that's exactly where I went. And the first place that I went was in Matthew. And so at the end of Matthew, you know, Matthew shares a lot about the end of Jesus' life. And here's the first thing that jumped out at me in terms of Christianity not being divisive. So at the end of Jesus' life, you know, here's a man that was completely innocent. Here's a man that literally did nothing wrong. He was wrongfully charged. He was wrongfully accused. And when his accusers finally, you know, dragged him, quite literally, to his death, to his, you know, crucifixion, he was beaten, he was flogged, he was insulted, he was spit on, and he did not retaliate. I mean, let's stop for just a second here, and let's kind of appreciate the magnitude of that. Here's a guy that I as a Christian and any other Christian would believe is literally the most powerful man to ever set foot on earth. Literally, the most powerful man. I mean, he's Superman and Batman and the Joker, 
all wrapped into one. He's got all the powers of everybody. And here he is just taking an absolute beatdown. Like a beatdown like we probably can't even process or imagine. And I don't even want to process and imagine it. My wife, Autumn, is trying to get me to watch The Passion of the Christ. And I just I just don't know if I can do it, man. I don't handle blood super well. And so I have a feeling there's going to be a decent amount of blood in that movie. So I've been, I've been kicking the can down the road on that guy for a solid seven years. But he took a beatdown like we can't even imagine. And what did he do? He literally did nothing. He literally did not retaliate. He just took it. He just took it. From a group of men. I don't think there are any women in that group. I'm going to assume they were all men. Just given the context in that, you know, that culture. From a group of men that literally opposed everything that Jesus was about. So, you know, here's a guy, Jesus, that believes one thing, obviously very strongly, and here's a group of individuals that believe something else. And it's not like they're just getting into a disagreement. They're not just getting into a heated argument. You know, it got physical. It got the most physical, leading to death. And Jesus didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. Didn't retaliate at all. So when I look at that, and I'm like, wow, man, if Jesus is my example... When I feel myself in a situation that's not even anywhere near that, but if I am in a conflict with someone or a confrontation and things are getting heated, if I if I can think about Jesus in the moment, it automatically calms my spirit to where I'm like, all right, here's a guy that when he was enduring the most physical pain that I could ever imagine, he didn't say a single thing. So when someone is bad-mouthing me or when someone is you know saying something about me that I don't think is right or when someone is disagreeing with me in a way that really gets me fired up, maybe I can have the motivation to be gentle. Maybe I can have the motivation to be loving. Maybe I can have the motivation you know, to be understanding. And then, you know, take that one step further. But not only did Jesus not retaliate, but let's rewind the tapes ever so slightly. You know, when they came to arrest Jesus, one of his disciples actually, you know, whipped out his sword and sliced off part of the ear of one of the high priests or the high priest in that scene. I think that that was at the end of, I think that was also at the end of Matthew. And so what happened when that event unfolded? Jesus literally turned to his disciples and said, what are you doing, man? Like, put your sword away now. I mean, so not only does he not retaliate, but he actually, he actually discourages and commands his followers, his disciples, not to retaliate either. That, I mean, that's that's incredible. And then let's take it one step further to wrap up this first point. At the end of Jesus' life, the very end, so now we're like literally like minutes away from he's going to die. He's hanging on the cross, enduring immense physical pain. And what is one of the things that he says? If we go to the end of Luke 23... 34 we see that Jesus says Father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing so I I say that and I'm almost getting a little choked up just saying it because I'm just like wow I mean you want to talk about an incredible example for your life praying for your enemies I mean he literally did it and he didn't do it you know in the morning during his quiet time you know he didn't do it during church service when the seas were calm and, you know, it was a really sunny day outside, which is still really hard to do. No, no, no. He, he did it 
while he was dying on the cross and just with his final breaths, he devoted them to his enemies and said, Father, please forgive them. And then, you know, as a result, I mean, the thief on the cross next to him was saved. And so, just, wow, just crazy, crazy stuff. So that's the first reason. The second reason is... If we also go to Matthew, in, let's see, let me look at my notes, 22, I don't, you know, thankfully, I actually have, through God's grace alone, he has motivated me to actually learn more scripture and remember more scripture, but I'm still not very good at it, so oftentimes when I cite these verses for you guys, don't let me fool you, don't let me, you know, lead you to believe that I've got all this stuff just committed to memory, because I don't. I'm better than I used to be, but I've still got a really long way to go. But if we go to Matthew 22, 36 through 40, there's a little exchange where one of the, I think it was one of the disciples. I don't have the actual verses in front of me. I just wrote down kind of the spirit of the verses. But this is the exchange where I believe it was one of Jesus' disciples asked him, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds with kind of a two-part answer. You know, given the fact that the Ten Commandments have already been established, you know, for many, many, many years. But Jesus comes back and says, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. But then, kind of a close second, I guess, at least in Jesus' mind, or maybe in my own mind, I don't know if we can, maybe it isn't a close second. But second, Jesus says... Love your neighbor as yourself. So that's it. He had a chance to basically say whatever he wanted to say. And he said, love God and love your neighbor. Now, if we think about that second part a little bit more, I think love God is kind of obvious, right? As something you should probably do. But loving your neighbor, that might also seem obvious. But if we think about that a little bit more in a little bit more detail, Jesus didn't say, love the people like you as yourself. Jesus didn't say, hey, love fellow Christians like you're, as yourself. No, no, no. All he said was love your neighbor, the people around you. And around, I think, in this context can be taken quite globally, not just like your literal neighbor. I think he meant both your literal and figurative neighbor. He didn't, he didn't pick out some segment of the population that you felt comfortable loving. He didn't pick out some, you know, sect of people that you're like, yeah, I really resonate with those people. I can love them pretty easily. No, no. He said, love your neighbor. That includes the people that don't believe what you believe. That includes your Muslim friends. That includes your Buddhist friends. That includes your atheist and agnostic friends. That includes people of different races. That includes people of different ethnicities. That includes people of different, you know, societal standing that includes everybody that is literally the widest possible net that could be cast that's what Jesus said so when I hear that Christianity is divisive because Christians believe they have the answer yeah I do believe I have the answer but as far as what that looks like in my life and how I approach the world and how I interact with other people and how I make my day-to-day decisions. I have a man dying on the cross, praying for his enemies, telling other people not to retaliate, 
And then I also had that same man earlier in his life saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Regardless of where they might be in life, you are to love them unconditionally. That doesn't lead to divisiveness and injustice. If anything, in my view, it leads to the exact opposite. If anything, in my view, true Christianity and understanding what it is that we believe or you believe if you call yourself a Christian leads to your approaching the world with love and gentleness and patience and understanding regardless of what the other side of that exchange might look like. And so that's it, man. I really hope uh, I went a little bit over. I try to keep them between ten and fifteen minutes, but I kind of knew, I kind of had a feeling that I might, uh, I might get into it today. And so I hope, uh, I hope it wasn't too long-winded. I hope I kept your attention for a little while at least, and I hope it was helpful for you guys. You know, again, whether you're a Christian or non-Christian, you know, if you're a Christian, I hope this strengthens your faith a little bit. I hope this bolsters your faith a little bit. If you're not a Christian, then I just hope that you know, if nothing else, I was able to share a little bit more about Jesus's life with you. And so maybe it motivates you to go learn a little bit more on your own. Maybe it motivates you, you know, to go crack open scripture. And again, don't take my word for it. Don't take anyone else's word for it, right? Look and see what he said himself. And then I have no doubt in my mind that God will speak to you in his perfect timing. And he will show you what it is he wants you to see. And so that's it, man. I really hope you guys have a great weekend. As always, I thank you so much for your time and your attention. It is really, really so much appreciated on my end. You guys have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday with a Monday motivation. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about, but hopefully it'll be worth its weight in donuts. See you guys on Monday. Hey guys, you're listening to the podcast. Thank you so much. I am so humbled by your time and your attention. Man, it would mean the world to me if right now, if you texted one of your friends with a link to this podcast and you were just like, hey, check this guy out, give this guy a listen, you know, I think fitness, finance, faith, you know, it might help you out. Help me spread the message. Help me spread the word. Man, it would be phenomenal.